All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Daily Faceoff podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the Duclair for Richard Panic, uh, a couple minor leaguers going back to their former teams as well. Um, yeah. But the two NHLers... Suitcase Clendenning. Yeah, the, the two NHLers are Duclair and Panic. Uh, Duclair goes to the Blackhawks and Panic goes to the Coyotes. Uh, so I guess, D, we'll start with you since we haven't heard from you. Uh, we heard about some Chinese food from Beebs. D, what do you think yeah, this good. trade... <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. It's always good. Come on, it's Chinese. But, uh, D, what do you think this trade means for Anthony Duclair's... Um, you know, fantasy status, because we've seen 
the Blackhawks do this before. I seen an article that said uh, called them the Patriots of hockey because they are able to do this, get guys at their lowest value, and you know are able to you know make them players again. Uh, they you know they actually kind of did this with Richard Panic, and now they were able to flip him. Um, what do you think this uh, does for Duclair's value? I, I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt it. I don't know how much potential is really there in Duclair. Uh, never been the biggest fan. He kind of wrote a hot start and a 19% shooting percentage, uh, percentage sorry, and uh, to half-decent rookie season. And it's kind of been all downhill from there. To be fair, he's been stuck around 13 minutes a night his whole career. And his, you know, his shots are up this year, 68 in 33 games, uh, you know, which isn't bad considering how little ice time he gets. Uh, he had 105 his rookie year. That's his career high right now. So uh, not gaudy totals, but encouraging to see uh, when you consider the ice time and the quality of teammates in Arizona. Again, I don't think there's a whole lot of value left to uncover here, but the potential is there. And if he's able to take Ryan Hartman's spot on the wing uh, with Kane and Schmaltz, he could obviously do some damage. Definitely needs to find his way into that top six. He's not going to do anything in their bottom six. Um, all things considered, I like the move for Chicago, given that they didn't give up uh, much or anything to take on Declare. But at the end of the day, I don't imagine him being able to contribute a whole lot more than what Panic has the last few seasons. I think that's kind of best case for him. Yeah, and uh, to further your point, he actually led the Coyotes in goals per 60 and was second to only Clayton Keller in points per 60 so far this year so he was able to do some damage in limited minutes uh but should he see important minutes say next to Taves or Kane what do you think he can do Biebs yeah that's exactly it it's going to be a lot of if he can crack that top six but the thing is with the people that Chicago has been putting in there um recently we saw um I can't even think of his last name but my favorite name from Vinny last week Vinny Hernestroza, we saw him crack the top six. I mean, Anthony Duclair is only 22 years old. He's had three years in the league now, um, and, and he he just he kind of you know he's 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 caught up to the game. As we mentioned, he has um, he's been kind of picking it up lately in Arizona um, before all this crap happened. But I think this is a good move for him. It's just it's it's fresh air, and if any team can turn him into what he should potentially become, I think that's a uh, that's Chicago. Um, it kind of seemed like another, for me personally, it seemed like a deal where Chicago kind of pulled off, pulled off a quick one. But as far as panic um, for Arizona, it's, you, you know what you're getting. You're getting a, a 15 goal scorer, 15 assist guy. Um, just kind of seems to be that way. He's going to, he'll give you production. He'll play good minutes. Um, and for them, he's just a safe player. Um, also, what's crazy about panic is I remember a couple of years ago in the lease where I think they waived him to Chicago, right? Um, it's just wild to think that, you know, if they somehow could have just buried him in the system, they could maybe have Duclair, but they also don't need Duclair. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good deal for both guys. Um, it, it, fresh faces. It's kind of crazy it even happened. I think maybe even Arizona pulled the trigger on Duclair just uh, just because he asked for that trade and might maybe could have gotten something better. But uh, but yeah, I, uh, I I definitely think Duclair's worth taking a chance on if you have a huge league or, um, or a keeper league. Um, again, only 22 years old, so potential is there. Yeah, this is a great trade for the Blackhawks, if not only for the fact that they were able to clear uh, $1.6 million in cap space as well. Uh, Panic obviously kind of blew up last year, uh, and then I Stan Bowman signed him to a two-year uh, contract, two, two years, two, uh, $5.6 million, dollars, so a $2.8 million cap hit. A little a little steep for Richard Panic, you know, especially given his production this year. Uh, but I actually like Panic. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a quality goal scorer. He's got good size. I think he can bring a lot to the Coyotes. Uh, you know, they, they still lack 
forward depth. Um, Panic's possession numbers have actually been outstanding this year. He has a four point a plus four point nine relative Corsi this season, but still has kind of struggled to put up the points. But that's been mostly due to a seven point four on a shooting percentage. Obviously, not the lowest we've seen on this show, but still not ideal, uh, especially for a guy that was you know up playing with Taves at least to start the season. Uh, but then again, obviously he fell into favor, and you're really not going uh, to do much on a line with Lance Boma and Tommy Wingles. So I think that there's a chance. Uh, D, I know you've got some thoughts on Panic, but I, I think there's a chance that he could supplant uh, Tobias Reeder and potentially play on that Derek Stepan, uh, Brendan Perlini line. It would give uh, two big winger, wingers on either side of Stepan. And you know what? Um, a shitload of minutes could lead to you know a nice second half for Panic because that's kind of what we saw out of him last year. Kind of, I think he's just more of a... It, it's all about the uh, the quantity of minutes for him, rather than I yeah. think the quantity and quality. If they're both there, that's great, but uh, they usually go hand yeah, in I, hand. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't think either of these guys can be expected to boast a whole lot of fantasy value from here on out. Uh, but I do think each of them moved into a better spot. Like Panic's been a good shooter his whole career, Brock, as you said. He's 12% shooting percentage, um, and he's shown he can produce in marginal roles last year. He scored 22 goals while playing just 14 minutes a night. Didn't need an absurd shooting percentage, 15%. It's obviously high, but it's only 3% above his career average. So we're only talking a goal or two at that point. And yeah, like you said, Brock, he definitely fell out of favor with the Hawks this year. Wasn't seen any time in the top six, um, which, you know, could explain on itself uh, the 7.4 on a shooting percentage when you're playing exactly. on the fourth line. Yeah, Lance um, Boom is not shooting the lights out. Right. So <laughs> while the quality of his teammates obviously goes down, moving from Chicago to Arizona, he could be looking at more ice time than he's ever seen before. His career high for a season was the 14 minutes a night he had last year. Um, and I can't imagine the Coyotes see a lot of long-term value in panic. This is all speculative at this point, but you know they were forced into making this trade, like you guys said. And I wouldn't be surprised if their plan is to flip him at the deadline. He's got one more year left on the contract next year. Um which gives him a lot more value at the deadline this year. And if that's the case, they'll be looking to boost his value as much as they can, which is why I think he could be looking at a lot of ice time in Arizona. Yeah, and it's not so much, I guess, like the overall value of his of his teammates might be down, but the the you know the talent level of his line mates might actually go up now, given this trade. Mm-hmm, so yeah. it, it could do a lot for yeah. him. I just think that, I guess our fair warning, and we've all kind of expressed the same points on these guys, is that... Just because Duclair especially goes from the desert to Chicago and he does have this untapped potential seemingly, he's I, people are kind of talking a little bit high, too highly, I think, of Duclair at this point. I think a lot of people are, you know, have extremely lofty expectations. And Biebs, you kind of alluded to it. If you're in a super deep league, I think absolutely worth taking a flyer on as a bottom of the roster guy. Because if he plays with Taves or Kane, who knows what can happen. He, he has been a good scorer good point producer uh you know at lower levels but at the same time he's not worth dropping guys even like guys on his own team like schmaltz let's say for him at this point uh, because you know there's there is obviously some untapped potential but i would not be you know jumping off the ship to go get this guy out of the waiver wire right. i mean it's all relative to what he's done before right like we're saying there's a lot of room to grow but the guy's never topped 44 points in a season before um so yeah, like 55 points would be a huge step forward or a 55 point pace from here on out would be a nice step forward for him heading into next year. But again, 55 points over an 82 uh, game season is barely fantasy rosterable in 12 team formats. Exactly. And he, we expected massive things out of, out of that 44 point rookie season, but 
That was because yeah. we expected and, and like him to had, build off of that, not really continue yeah. that type of production. And I mean, wasn't he like leading the league in points after like two weeks or something? So he got a lot of hype early on. Him and Domi were killing it, right? Um, and then he had the big World Junior Tournament too, which always sticks in people's mind, especially you know in Canada. But a lot of that does get blown out of proportion. We're talking about five or six games for these guys. Um, so to just evaluate someone's potential based off one tournament seems kind of silly sometimes. And I think that, you know, that's kind of played into this hyped up value he has. Um, but yeah, definitely moving to a better spot and, you know, he's shown the ability to put the puck in the net before 19% is rookie year. It's not like a benchmark or anything you should expect, but to me, it at least shows that this guy, you know, does have an above average shot or he was at least able to hold an above average percentage over a full season. Um, so yeah, there's some potential there, but at the same time, I think we got to be pretty reasonable about it. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to kind of stick with this same trend here through our next segment. And we're going to go back to one of our favorite, uh, our favorite little games, I suppose you could call it legit or not legit. Um, all we're going to do, I think I've got seven or eight names here that, uh, I'm going to rattle off their, their, their name, their own percentage, what they've done kind of all season and what they've done especially you know most recently and I'm going to throw it to you guys and I want you guys to tell me if you think they're legit or not legit because a lot of these guys are still available on the waiver wire in a shitload of leagues so if you guys think they're legit our listeners should be looking to target these guys on the waiver wire you know if they need help at whether it's forward defense or goalie we've got uh you know a little bit of each here in this legit or not legit segment so you guys uh ready to rock or what Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get right into it. Always ready to rock. D, we'll start with you because I know you're a big Leafs guy. Uh, And I was really surprised to see this number today. But Morgan Riley sits at just 78% owned, which is a bit surprising when you consider the fact that Riley is tied for fifth among defensemen in assists and tied for sixth in points with 31, but is available in still 22% of leagues. On top of that, he is tied for ninth among defensemen in power play points with 12, ahead of the likes of Dustin Bufflin, Drew Doughty, and Eric Carlson. You know, that's just to name a few. Is he a legit top 10, top 15 fantasy defenseman and just isn't getting the love right now? You know, still being available in 22% of leagues. Legit or not legit here with uh, Morgan Riley D? I think it's legit. Uh, You know, I'm going to tamper, you know, kind of uh, my expectation or my prediction here. Uh, I lean more towards the top 15 than the top 10, but I'll make the case. Uh, His possession numbers are solid this season. He's up to 52.7% from 50.4 a year ago. Just means he's getting more opportunities at even strength on a nightly basis. Uh, on-ice shooting percentage is more than sustainable right now. Personal shooting percentage is right on par with his career average. So no red flags, at least as far as conversion rates go. And the shots are up too. He's on pace to break 200 for the first time in his career. So on top of all these you know, marginal improvements that he's made at these different aspects of his game, at even strength, he's finally seen top power play time this year. He averaged under a minute of power play time a game last year. It was behind both Zaitsev and Gardner in that category for Leafs D-men. This year, that number's up to almost two and a half minutes of power play time a night and tops for Leafs defensemen. So that alone, I think, ex- explains a lot of the production. The Leafs power play is just as effective as it was last year. Um, and now you got Riley manning the point for the majority instead of Gardner. So I, that explains a lot of it as well with the play at even strength. So everything about this breakout seems legit and sustainable. He's 24 years old, so it's right around you know when we would expect someone to have a breakout or even a peak season. Um, seems like a pretty safe bet to hit 55 points at this point. 60 is definitely doable top 10 i'm afraid to commit to just because i think we'll see guys and you've already seen it with burns but him carlson uh bufflin too uh once he's healthy continue to turn it around uh 
I think he easily falls within that top 15 range. Top 10 might be pushing it come season's end, but everything I see here looks like it's a legit breakout season for Morgan Riley. Yeah, this is kind of what we expected almost in years past, but we're kind of upset to not see. Not to, not to say that Riley has been playing great, and I mean, his development's been it's been great to watch, but I think a lot of Leafs fans expected him to be, like you said, you know, Jake Gardner last year. Um, and, and now that he's in that position, he he's really showing what he can do. This is a guy who's 23 years old, so a 23-year-old defenseman who's, who's you know, who's, who's fifth in the league in assists, you got, you got something nice there. And I agree, I do think this really is a breakout season, so I think Morgan Riley is extremely legit. Legit. Um, this is a guy who scored 12 goals in 60 games in his final season in Moose Jaw. So um, he he's proven that you know he can put the puck in the back of the net. Obviously, it's junior; it's a little bit different. But um, but it seems like you know he, if he can imp- improve that uh, that shot percentage at all, um, a career four percent shooter. If he can improve that at all, even you know two percent more, it's not likely for a D, for a D man. But if if, if he can, um, wow, uh, the the stats he could be putting up with those assist numbers because those are elite assist numbers. Um, top five is nothing to joke about. Um, so for me, Morgan Riley, he's the number one in Toronto right now to get points on on the back. And, and we've talked about how how exciting and awesome that offense is. Um, and I mean, anyone who's given the puck to Austin Matthews um, I, a lot, I, I, I like their chances to put up fantasy points. Especially with that guy shooting the way he is, holy shit! <laughs> um, yeah, and um, but I I just I like him a lot. I think um, I think this is a sign of of just things to come and, and I think uh, if you got this guy in a keeper league you you could be in for a an easy top 10 defenseman next year yeah I, I think you know Beavs, you even hit, this year you hit kind of like the nail on the head in terms of what really limits his value I, I don't really think he's a goal scorer um, yeah. and you know that's been kind of proven to, at this point in his career yeah the shot is not his strength um, when he's on the power play they're not setting it up to get Riley a shot normally the puck's moving through him to get uh, you know either JVR down low or uh, Bozak or Marner on the half wall. Um, so, yeah, I, I, like, I think that will ultimately be what holds him back. I can't really imagine him ever pushing the 20-goal plateau at this point. Um, I just don't see him getting there, which I, I think when you consider the top-quality defenseman in the game, um, you think about guys who can get 20 goals, you know, 45, 50 assists. So that's the one thing I think is holding him right now. Um but if he continues to shoot more, that's the one thing that could get him there. I mean, we look at Burns, right? Burns never shoots for a crazy high percentage, but he's top three, four in shots every year, and that's how he does it. Um, not saying that's, you know, within the realm of possibility for Riley, but, you know, certainly we could see the shot totals continue to grow as his offensive role in the team continues to grow. Because it, it just never matched what he was doing at even strength before, and it finally is. And I think that, as much as anything else, has played into his big breakout year. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, D, but it seems like, Every single time the Leafs go on the power play, that they're sending out the Riley Bozak JVR unit yeah, first. Yeah, that's right? the that's the first unit. That's the first unit. Like at least like four out of five, if not like five out of six times, that's the unit that steps on first. Um, we, I, I, we talked about it. Like they don't get as long of a go as most top units do. Right. Normally they're off by the halfway. They point, nearly split the it down the, day, the middle, right? Like it seems almost yeah. like it's just like as yeah, soon as that sixty second mar- minute like goes up. They're off the ice yeah. regardless. The first clear, yeah. The first clear after normally yeah. they, they switch they switch the units, uh, but it's kind of just a luxury the Leafs have. At the end of the day, that's been the more effective unit. Riley's been the kind of the part just to slide in and take Gardner's spot this year. Um, but yeah, like even if they're splitting the power play, Brock, like obviously, um, if you're going first, like you don't have to rely on the other unit not scoring to get a chance on the power play. So um, yeah, that's a big part of it. It's why I usually opt for the. Bozak, Marner, JVR stack on DraftKings if I'm playing a lease line. Um, 
but yeah, it's definitely something to consider for sure. It also helps when you're playing in the power play unit with JVR because he's just such a workhorse in front of the net. Makes a huge that difference. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's not, his hands are nuts. It's unbelievable. But let's move on here to a another, not another forward, but to a forward, um, and it's Riley Smith, fifty four percent owned in Vegas. Now, Smith has a mammoth contract, and the Panthers were so desperate to get rid of this guy's contract that they traded Jonathan Marchessault so to Vegas so that they would take Smith's contract. Salary not an all star though. Here we are in January. Marchessault so leads the team in points. Oh is well over a point per game, and Smith isn't far behind. He has 35 points, 11 goals, 24 assists in 41 games, which is good for third on the team in scoring and tied for 46th in the NHL. Uh, he's recently caught fire picking up 14 goal, or fourteen points, I should say, four goals and 10 assists in his last 13 games. But still, even though he's playing on one of the most dangerous teams, apparently, in the NHL, and on the top line with his buddy Johnny Marchi. Still just 54% owned. Beebs, we'll start with you on this one. Legit or not legit with Riley Smith? Um, For one, ridiculous that he's 54% owned. People got to open their eyes and start picking picking this dude up. Um, but for me, I think he's, he's a legit back-of-your-roster guy for this year. And just strictly because of the position he's in, um, you, you mentioned it there. He's playing with Jonathan March- um, who's just been uh, who's been awesome this year. Just signed a new contract. He's going to be playing uh, with some lighter shoulders now. Um, and uh, and and I think they're committed to letting those two, you know, and James Neal, obviously, uh, the three of them kind of lead this team as the veteran force that they are. And um, for him. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, he, he had two 50-point seasons um, not too long ago in 2013 and 2015. Um, he, he had a 37-point season last year, and when he's hot, he's definitely, definitely worth um, having on your roster. But for me, um, he, you know, like I said, he's a good bottom-of-the-roster guy in most standard, you know, 10-team leagues, even 12-team leagues. He should probably for sure be owned. Um, he has seven power play points this year, and, and as you mentioned, he is catching fire lately, and I think they've found something that works worked and uh and i I always i always hate on vegas like everyone else should and has um but for me it's just you know i i love anyone who's playing in the top six um especially in the top three and as he said with morgan riley you're if if you're on the top power play you get the power play every single time and and that just seems to be where he's at um so definitely worth owning at this point so he is a, a legit person for me yeah i i don't know like it's kind of interesting. I, I talked about this a bit last week, and I lumped him in uh, to the group of players on Vegas that I believe will regress in the second half. Um, but it, it's a weird situation. You know, Smith's been a really good possession player this year. That whole line has. Um, but his conversion rates are just due to come down. I, I can't imagine him rocking a 12.4 on a shooting percentage come season's end. He has finished with personal shooting percentage above 13 twice in his career. So I think, you know, a 25-goal season uh, – could definitely happen at this point but i can't imagine like i i don't see him setting in with anything more than 55 points at the end of the season yeah. and i think yeah. that's like peak potential for him um yeah like this isn't a guy who all of a sudden he's getting top line minutes and he's finally doing something with it the last two years in florida he's been above 18 minutes a night um and the best he did was shoot 25 uh, goals with 25 assists in 2015 as Beeves alluded to and again, that required a fourteen and a half percent shooting percentage. So, to me, he, I agree with Bees. I think he's a fringe guy, but I'll have to say not legit because I just don't believe in the numbers he put up in the first half. 
Yeah, I definitely don't. Yeah, let me correct myself. I don't think he's gonna, you know, have a seventy-point season. Um, mm-hmm. So to back that, um, but for yeah. sure. Bro- Brock, what's your take on uh, on Riley? I tend to agree. I mean, just as soon as you you gotta like his, you know, his Corsi four fifty-four point five relative Corsi of five point one. Both great numbers, but it's hard to look past a twelve point four on a shooting percentage. Like you said, D, it's just a little bit too high. But again, even if that just comes down to you know around nine percent, he's still going to be putting up relatively solid numbers. Um, so I think that he is worth taking a look at, especially right now. I mean. It's just becoming so increasingly difficult to doubt Vegas. I mean, they just continue to to do it. You know, it, you know. No, I don't doubt them at home anymore. I just have my no, I have but my like, quips but like November <laughs> hits, and you're like, okay, they're gonna chill. They're gonna cool down, and then December yeah. hits, and you're like, okay, they're gonna cool down, and then here we are in January, and it still just hasn't happened. I mean, obviously, sustaining that over the course of a full season, you know, isn't out of the realm of possibility. Um, so I think that Smith should be considered in a lot of leagues. I think his own percentage should be above 54, but at the same time, I think that there's definitely a lot of red flags, like no doubt. I, I, I get why it's that low, right? Like I can, if I was in a spot where I don't really need to pick up a guy and I have someone, I can't think of a name right now, but I ha, you know, I have like a better name. Um, that's kind of been struggling to start the year, and it's obvious that he's just been snakebitten a bit. I, I would be super hesitant to drop that kind of guy for Riley Smith. You know what I mean? For sure. No, no doubt about it. It's uh, I guess the one thing, too, with Riley Smith is his goal scoring numbers aren't that impressive. I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of no, points, but his goal scoring total, you know, four, 11 and 41 is nothing amazing. I mean, he's on pace for a 22 well, he just, goal season. He doesn't shoot enough, no. man. Like, oh, yeah. Like he, just, just he's shown the ability to shoot game. at a high percent, but it doesn't matter. Like, You know what I mean? Like, he relies on a 14% shooting percentage to get to 25 goals. It's mm-hmm. not the type of guy you want to hold out hope for. Well, he defers to Jonathan Marshall, so he's got 135 shots at this point in the season. So, Guys, unreal. I guess when you're playing with Marshall. Not an all-star, though. No, I know not it an all-star. sucks that James Neal is going. It would have been awesome to see. I just don't get it, dude. Like, <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. I mean, Brock, I know you don't want to talk about it, but just real quick, I don't get how you leave March so off, put Neal on, and you leave Tarasenko off, but you put Shen on. That, that kind of stuff just doesn't add up in my brain. Like, It's a fan vote, though, at the end of the day. It's not though. The filling out the rosters isn't, is it? Or is it just the captains? Yeah. Oh, well shit. See, that's how yeah. little I care. I don't even know. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I'm not saying it matters, but it it, it's just no. weird when they make decisions like that. That like you can't defend in any logical sense at all. No. No, no, no. Neil over Marsh. I it's just a it's a I think it's just a name thing. But then at the same time, if it's a name I guess, if it's but a if name I'm thing, Vegas, like I if, yeah, if it's a name thing though, like you'd think Tarasenko would be there instead of Shen, so Exactly. And if I'm Vegas, I, I'd rather have March so getting the spotlight right now. Like, this is the guy that could potentially carry my franchise the next few seasons. For sure. He's my best player, hands down. I want to get him into the spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I No, I don't disagree at all. I just, it is bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, I know. We'll talk know about, we'll talk more about the All-Star next week and, or, or <laughs> two weeks from now when we do our uh, All-Star our draft, All-Star which is always hilarious. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I dominated last year, but whatever. 20 more points. We won't rub it in. But uh, let's move along here. We got Danton Heinen sitting at 39%. Uh, Admittedly, I had no idea who this homie was at the start of the season. I mean, who (laughs) is this guy? But he's made a big splash, honestly. And uh, Watch some Denver hockey, Yeah, through through 36 games this season. Is that where he went? 
Go ahead, sir. <laughs> Through 36 games this season, the apparently Canadian winger, I, didn't, I had no idea he was Canadian either with a name like Dan Heinen. I thought for sure he was like Swiss or something. But anyways, yeah, 30 like points, like... 10 goals, 20 assists, including 18 points, 6 goals, 12 assists in his last 16 games. 18 points in his last 16. Uh, Heinen has mm-hmm. a Corsi above 57 and... Uh, a goals for sorry goals for percentage above sixty while playing with David Backus this season. Uh, they're on a line together. That line's been clicking like we talked about last week. Uh, have the Bruins found a steal in the fourth round? D, uh, we'll go back to you here. This is what's so weird for me. Like you're talking about how like him being tied to David Backus has boosted his value, and you're not wrong. Just it just feels ridiculous. so weird. Um, Thirty-three yeah. <laughs> year old David Backus. Yeah, I mean, year maybe twenty eighteen. We're talking about him boosting yeah. fantasy value. Like, here's the thing about Heinen. Like, it's so hard to make assumption about a guy shooting who's shooting at a high clip, um, which he is. He's 15.9 right yep. now. When there's no career mark to compare it to. But, like, 15.9 is just too high for me. That's got to come down. I can't imagine that this guy with this amazing shot just slipped through everyone's, you know, sights for the first four rounds of the draft. Did nothing in his first eight games last year, but he's got one of the best shots in the league. Like, I, I, I'm not ready to buy into that. I expect that to come down, and his 12.6 on ice, again, has to come down. Um, but what's important to note here for me, um, all the damage he's done this season in 36 games so far is done with only about 15 minutes of ice a night. So I don't know if that'll change anytime soon. The top line commands a lot of minutes, and they don't seem like they want to split them up anytime soon. But he's already found his way onto the top power play unit. And if they do ever split their top three, I think Heinen would probably be the premier candidate to move up, at least on the wings. Um, so, you know, all in all, I expect some aggression. But with the room he has to grow on that roster right now, I think he's definitely worth the pickup. He seems like he could be a legit hockey player. We just don't know at this point. There's not enough to go off of. He looks good. He looks great. Um, but, yeah, like I'm not ready to buy all in, but I definitely think it's worth like a speculatory ad at this point. Yeah, like you said, for a 22-year-old kid with, you know, 44 career games, it's so hard to, to tell that is an extremely small sample size. Right. Um, and, and we've seen a lot of these kids, you know, they start off super hot, they kill it like Anthony Duclair did three years ago. Connor Sheary um, last year. Yeah, Connor Sheary, who's now getting healthy nightly. Um, <laughs> but but um, I, I, I kind of got to agree with you. He seems like he I, – I, for, well, for one, yes, he is a steal in the draft. Um, anyone who you could draft in the fourth round who's going to put up 30 points in the first 36 to start the year, I'd consider a steal. Um, but as far as legit or not legit, um, I'm with D. If he moves off that lineup, extremely legit player. But to put Boston – why would you ever change that first line? It's so freaking dominant right now. Yeah. Um, I, I can't believe the life that's coming out of uh, Patrice Bergeron this year. He looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to talk about him because I'll just whew, I'll sit back and just have way too good of a time. <laughs> but yeah, so, so we're talking we're talking about Dan Heinen. Um, for him, I uh, I mean we I definitely don't expect him to keep up the pace he's been keeping. Um, 30 points and 36 is is very good, especially in today's NHL. Um, but uh, like you said, we're worth a roster spot. He kind of falls in the Riley Smith territory for me. Um, with maybe just a little bit more potential since we do know what Riley Smith can do. Um, but but um, in, in, if you're like 
I would find myself in a position like you, D, where you said you got some bottom of the roster guys, like maybe even a Ryan Johansson if you're in a, in a league like that and you're, you're debating him or, you know, Dan Heinen. Um, I really couldn't imagine myself dropping, you know, someone who's proven for him because who knows, it could be a hot start. One thing, though, is he has kind of killed it at every single level he's played at. Um, put up more than a point per game in college, which we don't see often, even from uh, some of the best players. And then uh, he went to the AHL and did quite well again, 44 points in 64 games in his first year. And we all know the story with the AHL. It's not, no one really kills it there either, especially uh, young. So I do like the guy. He seems like a very good player, but that shooting percentage scares the hell out of me just like it did you. Um, so he's a, he's a semi-legit man. Yeah. The one thing, like, as as high as the shooting percentage is, the other thing that's even just equally as alarming, this is a guy that, you know, like you said, plays in the top power play unit, which is all fine and dandy, but he's averaging under two shots per game, 1.75 to be exact. Um, and in a, in a lot of leagues, like the standard leagues, when it's categories and shots on goal is a category, I mean, yeah, his points are, you know, that's fantastic and all, but this is a guy that's just going to go out and get one shot a night and maybe an assist. That's, I don't know, I just, I don't, I just don't. I I like him in like DraftKings. I don't fall in love with his production. I just I don't know. I I'm not yeah. about to buy fully in. I think there's other guys around his own percentage uh, that we're about to get to here after the break that I would probably take uh, over him. But uh, like I said, let's go listen to the Blue Stones here for 60 seconds. When we get back, we're going to talk about uh, four or five more players, uh, legit or not legit, and then we're going to get to a bevy of Twitter and DailyFaceOff.com questions uh you know answer some of the, the the people's questions you know they got a they got a lot over at dailyfaceup.com they're on there all day every day non-stop so i figured we might as well answer a you know a couple yeah exactly answer a couple of them on the show here so let's take a break enjoy the blue stones and we'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds it's not over now don't let your flag So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness Make it quick before the feeling sticks and holds I can't see no other way to come So pick up your bags and we can start something new again Seventeen of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your host Brock Segan, and we are just going to jump right back into legit or not legit. Uh, we're going to start with a guy we completely shit on last week, 
and see if we've changed our tune at all or if we still continue to shit on him. Uh, Matt Duchesne, 37% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Like I mentioned, we dogged this guy on Sunday. But I did mention he wouldn't be the first player to have a slow start with his new team. Now, he's picked up four goals and three assists in his last seven games. Boys, are we ready to jump back on board? This is a guy that had 20-plus goals and 60-plus points in five of his first six full NHL seasons. Beebs, this guy you're pretty familiar with, is it just you know a random hot stretch here? Or is he you know maybe starting to find his way in Ottawa? Legit or not legit? Um, I'm honestly ready to jump on the Matt Duchesne train. Um, just because I think it is a case of just a slow start. I know that last week um, really did rip into him, and not much is changing from that, although I do think he now makes an, a super intriguing waiver wire pickup and someone to keep an eye on in a lot of free agencies. Um, he's getting a ton of ice time. I mentioned this last week, a ton of very nice ice time. He is their number one center. Um, and it looks like he's kind of starting to click with Mike Hoffman, which is hilarious because he's about to get traded. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, for Duchesne, we've talked about the talent that he has. He does have talent to be legit. We've seen it happen year after year in Colorado. There's no reason why he should be far off that. He's not that old. He's not over the hump, over the hill. Um, so for me, I think he can be legit if he can continue to put up points just because of the position he's in. It's just that whole Ottawa team kind of sucks. So if you're in anything eight or less, I would not want Matt Duchesne, even 10 team league. He's pretty borderline. Um, I do like his center and right wing eligibility though. That makes him a tiny bit more legit. Um, but as of right now, um, I would, I would say take a flyer on him. I think he's a, he's a great option, um, to, to, as we mentioned last week, have a good second half, kind of build off that. And uh, he will, he, they've committed to him. They can't really not commit to him. So they're going to give him all chances offensively that he needs. And, uh, and I like that opportunity more than a fringe top six guy. Yeah. I, I like, I, I get where you're coming from Beavs, And I do think like, if you're going to make any argument for uh, his production in terms of like room to grow, Hoffman, if he is there, and Carlson, like both of them are, are kind of been lagging behind um, the production we've normally come to expect from them, and it seems like they're turning the corner or turning the page, I guess, and uh, a lot more faith in them ba- bouncing back than Matt Duchesne. Other than that, I, I like I don't see how this gets better for Duchesne. The hot streak's nice, but I can't imagine it being anything more than a flash in the pan. He's gotten all the ice time in the world since he's come over and hasn't been able to do much, if anything, with it. Um, his shot totals are slightly up in Ottawa, but it's still nowhere near where you'd want them to be. He's not going to break 200 shots. Um, so, yeah, to me, there's just not a whole lot to like here. Beebs, I get what you're saying about the potential, but I, I still can't get past... Um, yeah, it's it, it is tough. <laughs> it's been three seasons since we've seen him put up fifty points, right? So uh, yeah, which is crazy. Know. Like, yeah, it's just so far removed from uh, the guy who looked like he could outskate anyone in the league. Um, so yeah, like to me, this team is what it is for the most part. Yes, Carlson and Hoffman could both be better, and they probably will be better, but I don't think it'll be enough to boost Duchesne's value to the point where you should be adding them at this point. So not yeah. legit for me, but I, I get it. I get it. Even if you prorate his shot production with his career shooting percentage of 12.1% through his first 28 games in Ottawa, it would still only put him on pace for 23 goals uh, over an 82-game schedule. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not... He's Like you said, D, he's just not shooting the puck enough. I think over an 82-game stretch, uh, his current pace would put him on for 193 shots, which isn't terrible. It's just under 200, but still... 
you know, not uh, not quite there. Uh, but he's also, like we said, kind of a guy that's been a little bit more reliable in the assist category as well. So while he is still surrounded, like we did say this about Ottawa, is their goal-scoring struggles were a bit mystifying. Like they do have a lot of talent and when it comes to Carlson and, and Stone and Hoffman and Broussard and Shane, Like there is a lot of talent there. They might not be the deepest team in the league, but they should, they should still be able to score goals, at you know, regardless. But uh, it's just... I'm not totally buying in. I think, though, at 37%, there are going to be leagues where Duchesne is going to be serviceable as a bottom-of-the-roster guy. But we're about to talk about somebody else who I would be you know, more inclined to add uh, than Matt Duchesne. So let's just move along as we talk about Michael Furland, who just added another goal tonight. Uh, I think it was like 29 seconds into the game. Ferlin has exceptional line mates uh, in Monaghan and Gaudreau, but he's also been really good in his own right this year, especially as of late. Uh, coming into tonight, he had six goals and three assists in his last nine games, so we can bump that up to uh, seven goals and three assists to give him 10 points in his last nine games in a period. Uh, he's only 29% owned. He now has 19 goals this year, uh, previously what I've written down on my sheet at least. He had 18 goals, uh, which had him tied for 16th in the NHL. Obviously, that's going to move up now that he scored tonight. But coming into this evening, he was tied with Phil Kessel, Patrick Kane, All-Star James Neal, Mark Stone, Nathan McKinnon, to name a few, with 18 goals. He's now ahead of all of them. But is Michael Furlan, 19 goals, 29% owned, is he this year's Patrick Maroon? Is he legit? Is he not legit? Biebs, what do you think? Uh, I think you put it right there. He is this year's Patrick Maroon. Um, and uh, and you mentioned it before. I, I would actually yeah, rather have this guy than Duchesne at the bottom of my roster, but they're pretty much in the same land um, where, you know, they're going to be a late a late grab. But Furland, I, I, I've kind of been saying it all year, just strictly off of where he sits in that lineup. Um, he's playing the, I, I call him the old Lucci troll, where, uh, where you know, you got to go out there and you got to, he's the physical force in that line. But with that comes, um, comes standing in front of the net. And, uh, when you're playing with Goudreau and Monaghan, that's nice to have for me. Um, the reason I like him more than a lot of guys that you can find on free agency right now is just the goals. You're not going to get goals out of people like this. You mentioned he's now moved ahead of guys like McKinnon. Uh, I think Patrick Kane was on that list. Um, and, and we, we talk about it all the time. There are a lot of guys who get a lot of assists, but not, not goal scorers. And, uh, this guy's he's, he's, proven that he can stay at the top of this lineup um and i don't think they're going to change that around anytime soon if you're playing in a league that has hits or penalties he's actually he's a, he's a decent addition for that too but I, I hate talking about those as we know um for me uh, a little bit more legit than duchene but uh but still a, a bottom of the roster guy but i do like him um and uh and yeah i guess i'll let you guys build off that i've liked everyone shit <laughs> I swear this is gonna change. I, I, I like really I like Ferlin. Um I, I just like you guys have talked about it, like he doesn't get the assists and so to me, like you're relying on this above average goal scoring ability and that right now sits on what'll be after tonight probably about a twenty percent shooting percentage on the season. Um so again, like for a guy who seems to be an above average shooter, he shot 14% last year. That's about, you know, that. Um, and, you know, the, the season he had the year before where he was playing on the fourth line is about all we have to go off of. Um, 
I think a lot of this, it seems like, again, like it seems like he has an above average shot, spends a lot of time in front of the net, as you guys alluded to. But again, like when you're playing with guys like Goudreau and Monaghan, like you could ex- you can almost expect to be put in these certain situations more frequently, which I'm sure um, has played a role in that high shooting percentage. But at the end of the day, like it really just, I don't think there's any question that those guys are the ones doing the heavy lifting on this line. Um, I think he's worth an ad in the meantime. You know, his time on ice could certainly still go up. He doesn't see as much as the other two on his line. But I just think there's a lot of red flags here. And, yeah, like Patrick Maroon definitely comes to mind. Like you're thinking of a guy who is building all this fantasy value off his ability (laughs) to score and, like I said, relying on a really high percentage to do it. Um, So, yeah, I I get the the reason for adding him, especially if you're in maybe, let's say, a 14-team league. Uh, There's a lot of potential on any given night playing with the two guys that he plays with. But when we're talking about a whole half a season here, I got imagining him coming back to earth in that regard to some degree anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the funniest part about uh, Ferdinand's numbers is he's got five power play points this year, all power play goals. Which is nice. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got... Uh, when you only have eight assists important... on the year, yeah. Yeah, he plays an important role on that team. And uh, yeah, the, the similarities between his season this year and uh, Patrick Maroon's last year are astounding. Um, but this is also a guy, and I, I think we might have talked about this before, but I kind of forgot. I just I just hockey DB'd Michael Furland, and in 2011-12, he had 47 <laughs> goals, 49 assists yeah. in, in the WHL. So, I mean, it's, not, it's a kid that's been able to score before. Uh, and, and you know what? All summer they talked about how Furland was going to play with Goudreau and Monaghan, and it, you know he's pretty much been locked at the hip with those guys all year, and he's doing some damage, man. And, and so I don't think... You know, if this was their plan coming in, I don't think anything is going to change. Uh, their top six, especially when Frolik is healthy, is pretty locked in. Uh, you know, we've seen some good things from Sam Bennett, uh, Mark Jankowski recently as well. So this team's starting to round out. I mean, their blue line's really, really good. Mike Smith's playing better. You know, Ferland's popping Geno's like this, you know, night in and night out. This is going to be a dangerous team in the West. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not bad. I just, I can't see them going... Uh beating any of the better teams in the West in a seven-game series. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the dance, you know, come in, come April. For sure. And that's, I think, at this point, I mean, when you think about these Western Canadian teams right now, I mean, it, Edmonton just continues to shit the bed. I, you know, I think that's all Calgary's hoping for at this point is just get in and uh, see what they can do. But uh, let's stick with the Western Conference here. Chicago Blackhawks defenseman Jordan Osterley. Uh, 25% owned, never thought I would say Osterley and 25% owned back-to-back, but here we are, 2018, folks. Uh, Osterley was undrafted and basically let go by the Oilers uh, last year. He had just six assists in his first 25 games with them. Uh, his AHL numbers with Bakerfields were pretty solid, uh, but no one could have seen this coming. He has 10 points, three goals, seven assists in his first 18 games with the Blackhawks. Uh, he's been quarterbacking their top power play. He's been playing on their top D pairing next to uh, Duncan Keith. He basically forced Brent Seabrook to be a healthy scratch the other night. Is he just main? Is he maintainable, or is he just riding a uh, high on ice shooting percentage wave right now, Dylan? Uh, yeah, I think it's got to slow down to some degree. Like you said, Brock shooting percentage seven point nine on ice above eleven or twelve, depending on uh, whether you look at even strength or five v five. Uh, so neither of these should really be considered sustainable from the back end. And again, though, you know, similar to what we were talking about, or at least what I was talking about with Heinen, uh, I think a lot of this could be offset if his role continues to grow in Chicago. They don't have a lot of offense options on their blue line right now. 
Uh, I just have a hard time imagining staying on the top power play unit over Keith like he is right now. To me, it kind of just comes off as Quenville riding the hot streak. Um, but regardless, if you need help on the back end, I think he makes for a great pickup right now, but definitely expect the pace to tail off. Oh yeah, I could uh, I could not agree more with the with the Quenville hot streak uh, play right here. This is a guy I love looking at junior numbers as we know, um, and this is someone who was a shut down defenseman um, when he played co- uh, college hockey. He had a, a season where in 41 games he put up a total of eight points and then nine points the next year in 38. Stun. So absolute weapon. Stun. But no, even in his best season, which was a huge offensive breakout year in 34 games, he had 17 points um, and. Uh, uh, he, as Brock mentioned, he has good numbers in the AHL, but they're not blow your mind um, offensive numbers. And for a guy who, you know, if you're not blowing people's minds throughout the minor leagues when you're coming up, you're not going to make it to the NHL and just become this big, this big amazing Ryan Ellis esque player. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to use our Windsor alert there, but I, I do think it's just a hot streak that he's riding right now. It's a great story. Um, I hate it because it's happening in Chicago and it just, this, this stuff happens in Chicago. But, um, I think by, you know, two, three weeks times, we could be, we could be talking about this guy, just not even being considered in the lineup. Um, I, the Seabrook thing was huge. Quinville was trying to make a point earlier this week. And I think, uh, Osterley was kind of the main factor, benefactor, po- benefactor of that. Um, but he, I, he basically forced Cody Franzen out of town. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, maybe Chicago need an excuse to get Cody Franzen out of town. But um, but yeah, I just you know someone who's putting up, who's about to pass his career high college numbers in a season. Um, I'm calling that a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you know what I think. you know what though. Like as much as like you want to just look at this and not believe, uh, you know the high on ice shooting percentage and everything that that's great, um, and that'll come down. So I don't think uh, he's going to post, you know, as many points as he's got right now. You know, 10 and 18 is pretty ridiculous. If you prorate that over an entire season, that's 46 points. I don't think uh, Jordan Osterley is all of a sudden a 46-point defenseman. No, he's not a career 46-point defenseman. In the same breath, this is a guy right now who over his last eight games, uh, he has seven points. But he's at, the most important part is that he's averaging 24 over 24 minutes a night. So, if he's playing this much ice, he's he's averaging almost three shots per game. Plus, he's contributing in both the hit and block category, if your league counts that. He is contributing across the board right now. And any guy that plays 24 minutes a night who gets nearly three shots on goal per game in a pretty dangerous offense, especially on the top power play unit right now, he's going to get points. His on-ice shooting percentage is going to be high when you're playing with Kane and Taves up. I think it's like I'm. I'm not saying that this guy is you know a, a world beater or, or a game changer by any stretch, but he's doing all the small things that n- you need to do in order to put up points. And you know, if you're looking for a fifth, sixth defenseman at the bottom of your roster right now, like why would you look any further than this guy? Like ride the hot streak if that's what it is for the next two weeks or whatever, or maybe they actually have found something here. I mean. Beebs, I understand all the junior numbers and stuff, but you know those AHL numbers were pretty decent in Bakersfield. 
obviously Edmonton didn't see a whole lot in them. They just let them walk. But yeah, that also is, is something. This they let is them walk Edmund- when they were just yeah. But like the that, worst. their general manager also traded pretty much say, all the good it's players. Not, in it's hockey. not put a lot of stack in Edmonton's or a lot of stock in Edmonton's ability to evaluate players. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know, man. I just think like there's a lot to like here. I just the, the minutes alone and the fact that like you guys mentioned. I mean, I think Chicago has about seven number five defensemen on their team, and you know, Duncan Keith. And this guy is, you know, been able to kind of just take this spot and run with it. And he's doing a tremendous job. I just really think that... You Brock, know, I, I get you- it. I just, you know, not to cut you off, but I, I no, just think a lot's gone his way to this point, And he still only has 10 points in 18 games. Like, I feel like this is best case. Because um, oh, I, I sure. think even if his opportunity sustains, like... There's no way these conversion rates don't. Like this guy is not going to keep shooting 8% from the blue line. It just doesn't happen. No. Um, and I, I don't and I don't think that, you know, the, the I'm not saying that the percentages are going to hold up. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't think this is this type of pace is, is going to hold up, but at the same time, I mean, as long as he maintains a reasonable value here, he's going to be playing 24 minutes a night and how often do you find that, you know, on the waiver wire, especially a guy even if he bumps down to the second power play unit, you don't find 24 minutes a night in second power play unit on the waiver wire all that often. Yeah, but if you're playing in one of those leagues where you have five or six D-men anyways, you should just be working the waiver wire shit time. Exactly. Anyways. Exactly what so. I said. Like I, some guy tweeted at me today asked me if he should pick him up. I'm like, dude, like who are your other defensemen? He's just like, well, I got Carlson and like just a bunch of unbelievable guys. I'm like, yeah, like who cares? What's the, why not pick him up and plug him in when those guys aren't playing and see what happens. And when he starts sucking ass again, then you just drop him and pick yeah. up the next guy who's doing this. No, I yep. feel you. And you pick up the next Chicago player who moves in that top four. Cody Franzen comes back up and starts lighting it up again. Uh, and then our last legit or not legit Biebs, you'll like this one. Uh, former Dylan's boy, uh, when he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Jonathan Bernier, 14% owned. Uh, since Semyon Varlamov went down midway through the Avs New Year's Eve game, Bernier is 4-0-0 with a 143 goals against average, 959 save percentage, and one shutout. The Avalanche have recalled Andrew Hammond today, so Bernier is their starter for now because that means that Varlamov is not quite ready. Uh, can he keep this pace up and be a reliable fan? Not obviously this pace he's not gonna never lose again but can he keep up a you know a reasonable play pace here and be a reliable fantasy starter for a little bit uh and then furthermore can he steal starts from Varlamov once Varlamov is healthy you know has Bernier kind of played well enough during this stretch that you know maybe he's turned this into a timeshare uh we'll turn this over to our resident Colorado Avalanche reporter Michael Beams Bondi Hey, so I'm super happy you addressed the um, the the sustainable thing because I was about to make a comment. Yeah, you could totally sustain an undefeated record for the rest of the year, um, but that was just going to be me being a jerk. So now I can't. But um, as for Bernier, he's just simply a case of he's worth owning while Varlamov's injured. But when Varlamov comes back, there's there this is Varlamov's team. You know, um, they're, they're, he might take a couple games here and there. They've definitely gained enough confidence, but to be honest. Bernier still only has a 909 save percentage, which has just been 
boosted up like crazy in his last four games. So before Varlamov went down, he had a below 900 save percentage. Um, if I could take a saying from Superbad, people don't forget, um, and I don't think uh, the coaches are going to forget that early half-season struggle. Although this is great that he is making this comeback, and it's the perfect time for him to do this. They do need it. Um, I think owning any goalie on a team that's in a current playoff spot is something you want on a roster in most standard 12-team leagues. So while Varlamov's off, like I'm saying, um, definitely worth having as a start. This team is clearly um, a lot better than a lot of us predicted before the year started and on a team that has the scoring ability of that first line um, he does make a good start can get some wins if he just plays you know average uh, 9-10 save percentage Bernier hockey so while while he's there of course um, yep while he's a starter own him but the second Varlamov's back that's his net and they're not going to take it away from him until he gets injured again which is probably bound to happen episode um, 17 Bernier hockey Bernier (laughs) hockey baby (laughs) <laughs> D, uh, what do you think? Great haircut, uh, too. He, first off, did you guys know he's 29? Yeah, this, wild. This, this dude got old fast. Yeah, um, he aged like five years in Toronto in a year. Yeah, for sure. That's what happens. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, to me, he's, you know, he's been a league average goalie his whole career. Um, I thought he was better than, like, the sub-900 or whatever he was posting before this little hot streak. Um I think he's one of the better and more reliable backups in the game right now. Um, but and he did post one year above 920 in Toronto. So, you, you know, it makes you at least want to believe the potential for long-term success is there. But that was five years ago. He's not 25 anymore. Uh, he knows who Nelson Mandela is now. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> he's figured it out. We can't, we can't talk about this guy for literally more than a minute without talking about Nelson he's Mandela. So he's so dumb. Just Google him. You're going to Nelson Mandela night. Google. Google Nelson Mandela. He, he deserves to have, have I have it open on Global that. News right now. That's funny. Uh <laughs> So yeah, we but we talked about the most the, well-known athletes in the world that had a lot of impact <laughs> in others in any sport other than hockey. Oh my god, this is even playing hockey, everyone he knows loved, him. He loved watching him compete when he grew up. Yeah. <laughs> from being from being the type of person he was off the ice and on the ice. It's <laughs> oh, a good non-safe answer. Um, <laughs> so up, Johnny. Just Google Nelson Mandela. Like, oh god. Okay, so yeah, we talked about the Show Avs a lot last one week. One history class. Um, right. I, I think there's a lot to like on that roster right now, but I think McKinnon's got to slow down at some point, and the team <laughs> will will follow suit as a result. I still believe in Varlamov. I think there's a cap on the amount of starts Burnley can ultimately take away from him. I'm with you, Beebs. Uh Good goalie, not legit. Don't see this playing out too much longer, but I agree with Beebs. Uh The Avs are hot right now. They are a playoff team right now. And as long as Bernier's hot, like goalies do that, man, more than any other position, they just randomly become the best player in the world. Um, So yeah, I think he's worth an ad right now, but do not hesitate to drop him once, once he slows down. And yeah. as impressive as anything else is the teams he's done this against. The Islanders, that's what I was just the Jets, say. the that's Blue Jackets, and the Wild. Like, that's crazy. It's crazy. All on, but all on home ice, though. Wait till he goes on the road. I'm going to file this one away because at the end of the day, I think this is, you know, come season's end, we're going to look back on this and it'll just be more evidence that goalies are, in fact, voodoo. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, it's more evidence. That's all it is. Just to, just to finish off the Nelson Mandela quote here, he said, but you know, he changed a lot while he was with us. He's a tremendous guy. Still alive, right? <laughs> Didn't even know he was. Or he just died? And then the next sentence, Nelson Mandela, Nobel Peace Prize winner. <laughs> oh my God. This, this yes. guy had no idea. The best is when they interviewed him after and he's like, I'm just embarrassed. 
He died in 2013. Now I'm embarrassed. Uh, rest in peace, Nelson yep. Mandela. All right. Best athlete. One of the best athletes of the 20th century. Oh, yeah. He changed so much on and off the ice. It was incredible. I honestly just think, like, Bernie's entire knowledge of Mandela stemmed from, like, seeing a trailer of Invictus. He was like, great, great rugby guy. Yeah. Excellent rugby player. Just uh, one of the greatest athletes of our time. Uh, but, uh, Biebs, do you want to take away Twitter time or what? Yeah. He's also a songbird of our generation. Um, yeah, but anyways, Twitter time. <laughs> so, um, so... We haven't done Twitter questions in a while, so I've missed this. But if you want to reach us on Twitter, you can find us at DFO Podcast. Um, nothing going on in there, but periods or exclamation points or any of that stuff. So at DFO Podcast, reach us there or at our own personal ones. We got Brock underscore Segan. We got at 3D Berthium. And then we got at Beebs Bondi. Um, so send us something anytime. We like to try to get back to you, whatever account, or just tag us all in it so that we all get the notification. It makes us all feel popular. But um, first question today nice. came from uh, at the Archoneer, and they ask uh, Thornton. Well, first this off, is a big so, one. This is a, this is a big one here. Oh yeah, it's a big one. Um, Thornton and Kadri beard altercation. So they're asking about that. Um, just super quick thoughts on that, boys. Uh, I saw people getting mad at Kadri like it was on purpose, but I can't imagine you would just rip out anybody's beard purposely. Dude, the beard um, goes down to the crest of the jersey. Right? Yeah, and and, and, it, and on the other hand, that must have hurt like a bitch. Uh, it looks so gross, eh? Like oh, when dude, it was just, just in Dell's glove afterwards. Oh. oh yeah, dude. Oh. Did you see though what happened after? Like they like so they take like they took the clump of beard off the ice and gave it to the trainer. Yeah. And the trainer went back and put the clump of beard in a Ziploc bag and then wrote for the boys on it and put it in <laughs> Thornton's locker because apparently like is Thornton is boys. just all about the boys. Like his his yeah. life mantra is just for the boys. So uh, I thought that was hilarious. But yeah, I don't think Kadri did that on purpose. So, uh, so next time is Joe Thornton just refuses to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ask, like, him, 60, ask him what he did if he scored four old. goals. <laughs> <laughs> but uh True. second part of the question um asking about the risto surge right now um let you guys address uh, of course risto surgeon he's risto <laughs> but uh seriously did. two goals five assists in his last six games uh surprisingly though his shot volume has been down during that time but again positive relative Corsi for risto for the first time in his career uh things are trending back upwards for uh rasmus aristolainen i like how i you know even strength playing, playing his own end, be, you know, whatever, be damned. Uh, I think at the end of the day, he's still a good offensive defenseman, and he's playing 26 minutes a night. Like, come on. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Come on. gross. I don't think he, like, I think, like, if this guy played for any other team he would be and played, nasty. like, you know, just slightly sheltered minutes. That's what and, I, that's what, yeah. Like, and played, like, an offensive this... role, he'd be gone. Yeah, okay. I don't want this to come across as like us protecting yeah. our boy, but it reminds me so much of when Fanouf came to Toronto, and it was like, why can't he play these shutdown minutes? Like, why is he <laughs> struggling so much in his defensive zone? I was like, maybe because the only value he's ever brought in has been on the power play, yeah. and he's not a good defensive defenseman. Like, you, you get guys that are big, and they have good shots, and you just assume they're going to be like these stalwart defensive players, uh, and it, you know, more likely than not, it's just not the case. But yeah, it's just funny to me. He's like, yeah. he's, he's like... Kind of like a more defensive, less polished version of Ryan Ellis, like essentially, right? Like if you just play him in the right role, everyone's like, Ryan Ellis. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually think Ellis is 
Ellis is better at getting out of his own zone, so I would argue he's yeah. better in his own zone. By well, no, that's what I'm saying. He's like a less like he's younger. Like Ellis, it took Ellis like four years to get to the point that he's at now. True, so but he just like, had to grow like three inches. That's all that also, was. Welcome back, yeah. right now. But he, he's uh, he, he's <laughs> a polished back, off right. defenseman now. I think obviously yeah. Bristol's no, right. still young. I think he could be a stud. Just that team's terrible. Yep. Yeah, awful. Yeah, um, I agree. I think the hate the on question. Risto. A little unwarranted. Sorry, you could go. You could you could go for the hate on Risto. No. No, I don't want to. I didn't. I didn't We're want to hear it. That's question. why I cut it off. Jeez. Yeah. Um, final part, and D, you don't even want to touch this because it's voodoo. But is Darling worth picking up for the second <laughs> half, Brock? No. Uh, <laughs> see, for me, I think Darling will be a lot better in the second half just because he can't be worse than he was in the first half. Yeah. True. Um, True. That team is still really good. One of the best possession teams in hockey. Uh, if that team had a good goalie, they'd be a playoff team. But oh, Darling yeah. is not that. No, and I don't. But I think that he's going to see enough games. I mean, obviously, Cam Ward had a nice stretch there, but I think Darling's just as capable of going off on that stretch. I think it will be better in the second half. I don't know if, you know, I think he could be a serviceable number three netminder. Uh, but <laughs> oh, you I mean think fantasy? <laughs> I think there is a hope. I think there's hope for Darling because he made a dude delete Quality. his Twitter account earlier this week because he roasted him so bad. So things are looking up Fair. for Darling. Yeah, that's you guys see normally the turning point. I'll yeah, own this. Be, like I, I was all on Team Darling at the start. Me too. Year, but we're working with a limited sample size. Never played as a starter before, and he's done absolutely nothing to convince me that. But it's know. just it's so bizarre how much he's fallen off. I think that he will. True. Like he's, I think he will have a nice bounce back second half. I really do. I, I yeah, believe in it. I, I agree of, with you. But it's like he could be league average, and it would be a bounce back, and he would still be. Like but hey, that's still serviceable. Value. Still serviceable. I, I guess. Yeah. Did you guys see what happened on Twitter though? Because it's worth talking about for a second. Give us a quick, uh, a quick recap. There, oh, it's Rob. very quick. So this one guy was just like chirping him, saying he was shit. Blah 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 blah. Uh, just chirping him, you know, being a troll. And then he took Twitter. Darling took a picture of his Stanley Cup ring <laughs> and tweeted <laughs> back and said, um, you know. Just, just a reminder that you're a Twitter troll and I'm an NHL goaltender. And then just sent him this kid, sent this kid his uh, Stanley Cup ring, and then that kid literally deleted his Twitter. <laughs> like Did you see who the... jumped in on the pictures too? No. Dan Carcillo popped in. Did with he really? Two... Oh yeah, he popped in with the pick of his rings. It was so good. Like just like <laughs> if there's like one dustier player. Well, uh, not I. I love Scott. Dar- Scott Darling. His story's amazing. But um, yeah. yeah, if there's like one player you could you know just hop in there to make a hilarious ring comment, it's freaking Dan Carcillo. <laughs> speaking so, speaking was... of Daniel Carcillo, my uh, one of my buddies, his cousin was literally like neighbors with Daniel Carcillo. Like, like it was Carcillo's like summer home or whatever. Like, sure. And, Let's get fucked he, that place. Dude, he said that th- this guy was just nuts, man. He's like, he would like go to bed or whatever, and then like he'd wake up and there would just be like four wheeler tracks, like just destroyed his entire yard. <laughs> and it was just because sleep. Carcillo was just mangled and just like him and his buddies just destroyed some shit. Allegedly. He would just walk over and allegedly. just give him cash and be just like, here you go. Yeah, allegedly. This is the story that I was told. But he said he, he was, was just like, so it was his neighbor and he said he was like just the most hilarious guy ever, but he was just an absolute animal, which not really that surprised yeah super no, happy i have normal neighbors who are not dan carcillo to be honest yeah. i would um, love it i'd be so pumped if dan carcillo was my neighbor yeah but instead you have no neighbors because you live in the middle of nowhere but That's question true. number two 
um, comes from my favorite name of the day at Ghost Pickles. Hey, you missed you you missed the last uh, part of the. Let's uh, move on. Question. I'm not even moving. On. I'm not even asking that part. Anyways, they asked the okay. Kessler outlook, but Kessler fights the Tuchucks. That's all he does. Okay, next question. So, um, from Ghost Pickles, um, outlook on Allen, both after their buy and in the long term, he's got to bounce back, right? Uh, we talked about this quite a bit last week. I think uh, he'll kind of balance out, come back to a normal uh, Allen level, 915 save percentage type thing. But he's a fancy number two option at this point uh, because regardless of how much he bounces back, Carter Hutton's playing outrageously well. Uh, uh, this looks like a straight timeshare moving forward, probably close to a 50-50 split as you'll find right now. I think the team will improve a lot when Schwartz gets back like we talked about last week. Uh, I just, obviously, Allen's value isn't going to be where it was uh, at the start of the year on draft day, but I still think he's more than serviceable number two. Yeah, I, I've always been like kind of anti Jake Allen because to me he's a league average goalie who plays in St. Louis, um, which you know brings pretty hearty results. But I I got more faith in Carter Hutton as Brock than Brock does, and I I believe that he can actually take the lion's share of the minutes. Um, yeah, I think it's in a tough spot right now. But to me, like I don't imagine Allen just coming back and taking a stranglehold on the job again. I think at the, I think you know, best case is they split time or maybe a sixty forty for Allen. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's struggled too much. He hasn't shown that much in the past. Um, he's been carried by his team, and now he's actually got a backup who's threatening him for playing time. So I don't like Jake Allen right now. Uh, but I never have. So yeah, I I just think the one thing that goes a little bit untalked about. I think obviously this bye week will probably do wonders for him, like it will do for a lot of other guys across the league. Uh, you know, yeah, kind of, just yeah, a, a chance I can to imagine reset. it. Right? No, but I can imagine the, the time, rest being better for goalies than. You know. But at the same time, too, Hutton is a thirty-two-year-old backup, uh, and while he's been great, they will ride that hot hand, no doubt. But you got to remember that Jake Allen is twenty-seven. He is their goaltender of the future, at least for now. Uh, yeah. So I still think that they're not they're not just going to you know ri- have him ride the pine. This is St. Louis we're talking about. This is a team notorious for timeshares. I think you know I think if it, I I'm not yeah, I don't think I'm not even pine. giving the, I'm not even giving the crease back to Allen I'm, at all. I think it's you know I yeah, think it's yeah, a I very wouldn't. high chance that it's a 50-50 split moving forward. As, you know, but at the same time uh, we talk about it all the time, like how goalies are voodoo. But can Hutton really maintain the best goals against and save percentage in the NHL? Yeah, I feel like that's pretty unlikely yeah. for an entire half. And the Blues do so well at controlling possession while playing like low event hockey um, that you don't need to be that good to have good fantasy results as their goaltender. So uh, I agree, Brock, but I, I guess I just have more faith in Hutton and less faith in Allen. Even uh, even with his like meh year so far, he's still the number 14th ranked goaltender. Yeah. So even if he improved, I mean, he did have a good start too. Obviously, this is just, you know, for sure. Advice last couple weeks but no yeah timeshare let's go moving on uh third question and um i'm glad i'm glad i read this name in my head before i actually um read it out loud but i'm still gonna say it the same way but it's from juicy 33 um but it's not spelt juicy but anyways juicy 33 says thoughts on domestikov is he stuck on the third line or will the kunitz experience experiment be short-lived and by that he's talking See, I don't about th- just kunitz yeah. stepping up to the first line for those of you guys who don't know yeah i don't think these two are directly related um, I think Nemesnikov, moving Nemesnikov to the third line is an attempt to balance out the line sure. better than it has been in L- or in Tampa. Um, and not that I don't think he'll return to the first line, but I think we'll see Kunitz get taken off the first line before that happens, and they'll try someone else there. Um, Kunitz is pretty terrible. Um, 
I don't know about Nemestikov. You know, I think these next few games are going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, he obviously hasn't had to carry a line on his own at any point, and that kind of seems like what they're asking him at this point. Moving to the, to the middle of the ice, I and taking him off the top power play unit. Like, nothing spells well for Nemestikov right now. Uh, this is a guy who, every time we talked about him, we talked about he was more a product of his opportunity rather than his own skill. Um, so, yeah, it, it's scary as a Nemestikov owner right now. I kind of feel like you should have known this point was coming. Um, if he gets back on that first line... I, I think he's, you know, a fantasy stud once again, but I do not like his chances at carrying his own line. It's just, a, to me, it's just a matter of time until um, Tampa Bay kind of diverts from that game plan. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's obviously an attempt to balance it out. When you ha- you were trying to have Yanni Gord and Alex Kalorn carry a third line, uh, which, you know, never going to go that well. Uh, but at the same time, I think it does all depend just how well Kunitz does. And so far, I think it's been pretty good. Uh, it's obviously a small sample size. But uh, since being on the Kucherov and Stamkos line, they have a 65.65 Corsi 4, have scored six, uh, have had 64.7 of the scoring chances, and have yet to given up an even strength goal while scoring three. Uh, I think that, you know, as long as this continues... I think Kuznets or sorry Kunitz uh, could very well stay on the Kucherov Stamkos line. Uh, you know, this is a guy who's no stranger to playing on top lines and kind of being carried and just kind of doing the dirty work. So I think that this might be a you know a solid answer for the Lightning trying to balance out their scoring. I think Kunitz can you know do the job just fine, and you know so far the you know the short term results have been strong and. Nemestikov on the third line, I think will definitely bolster that unit for sure as well. So uh, I, I don't know if I would call it the Kunitz experiment as much as I would call it the Nemestikov experiment. Yeah, and Kunitz has proven, as you said, you know, he, he, he loves playing with top talent. Um, and for those of you who don't remember, Team Canada gold medal playing with Sid. Um, that was not <laughs> never, too long ago. Never forget. Um, but question number four um, comes from Get On The Line A. Which is a nice pun. He asks, uh, thoughts on the Jets and how they might do in the playoffs, given they do make it. Uh, for me, I really like the Jets. Like, I like them a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> I think they're a really good defensive team. I think their top six rivals most of the te- uh, most of the league teams in the league. One of the best, uh, especially given how young they are. I think you know in the next couple of years we're talking about one of the best uh, top sixes in the NHL. Uh, the main reason. Th- I like the Jets, though, is Hellebuck. I mean, as long as he's playing as good as he is right now, I mean, he's playing really well. They could be a a very dangerous team in the playoffs, uh, especially given how good their blue line is. And not to mention, they're such a heavy blue line. They play a heavy game. You know, they're in their face. You know, they bang the body. And that's a tough team. You know, they'll grind you down in the playoffs. uh, But I still think they lack some forward depth. And we're not going to see them make any moves, I don't think, at the deadline. That's just not been... Winnipeg's thing uh they don't really like to make trades ever uh so I doubt they make a move but they also have a lot of uh depth in the AHL I mean we've already seen Jack Roslil what's his name Roslovich or whatever his name is uh Brendan Lemieux both come up recently I think that they can promote within and and you know make that team a little bit deeper as well obviously Mark Shifley being out when he returns, that'll be a huge boost. But they, I don't think they've lost yet with uh, Shifley out. Wheeler's really stepped his game up. But, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of things to like about the Jets. Um, but in terms of the playoffs, I think they could win a round for sure, maybe two. But I still think this team's a year away. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, not to cut you off, Beavs, but... No, you go. 
Uh, it's really interesting because to me, you know, this is a team that was kind of riding a high PDO after their hot start. And then without dropping any games or anything else, they completely flipped their possession numbers. And all of a sudden in the last couple of months, they've been one yeah, of the best crazy. possession teams in the, in the league. So it, it's crazy. You know, um, I think Tyler Dello of the athletic was calling it like one of the greatest single season possession turnarounds he's seen. Um, so yeah, it really makes you want to believe in the Jets from, I guess, an analytical standpoint, because obviously they have the ability to convert at a higher rate than others. They got a lot of good shooters in that lineup. Um, you'd expect them to miss Shifley, like Brock said, but obviously it hasn't been the case so far. I I like the Jets. Um, to me, like they're a really good team, obviously, but I don't know how much better they are than the rest of the 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 crop of the West. Um, and you know that's what you're betting on come playoff time. So it comes down to, I think, how much do you believe in Connor Hellebuck and how much do you believe in their top six to get it done when they need to? I like both of those, but yeah, I'm with Brock. Like, it's hard to imagine them going to the finals this year. Um, though, you know, I, I think the conference final will be an off, awesome step forward for them and probably a little too far out of the reach right now. I expect them more to get knocked out in the second round. Let's talk about it really quick. They're leading the Central Division right now. If, yep. it, if the season ended today, they'd be playing Minnesota. Who do you like in that series? Oh, Jets all day. Winnipeg, but I think it's doable for Minnesota. Yeah, For sure. I agree. Depending on Dubin's health. Uh, yeah. It would be a battle of the goalies for sure in that one. Brock right? also. Yeah, exactly. That's what also, I mean. You need Hellebuck to play well. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And that's the reason that they're so good right now. He's been outstanding. Yeah. Steve Mason is not a bad backup by any means as well. If no, he does no. go down or anything. But Brock, you no, said that uh, they don't make trade deadline trades like they didn't make a huge deal for Lee Stefaniak a year ago. Come on, bud. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so Come sorry. on, bud. I Anyways, uh, our final question here comes from Better Man. Um, and he asks, uh, best second half rookie. So the options are uh, our boy Daddy, uh, Brock Besser, Matthew Barzell, or Clayton Keller. Hmm. Definitely Barzil for me. Kid's an absolute yeah. stud. His underlying numbers are off the charts. Plays in the best team of any of these guys. Plays as the best line mates of any of these guys. Barzil 100%. Like, there's yeah. no... I if mean, there's one Besser, person Besser's coming been, close, Besser's been outstanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think I, Besser know, needs to keep about, scoring we, at the pace. He's been Yeah, and we at. talked about last week that Besser should cool down. This is a this is Barzil all day. Yeah, that power play is just too good. He's a big part of that. I think he's a great young player. Um I think he's going to win the Calder. Yeah. Heard it here. If it ended today, I think Besser would take it, but come season's yeah. end, it's Barzil. Yeah, I feel you. Same boat. Next second half. You know, and that's a team right there that is so dangerous. And if any, and, and I heard it, I don't know if you guys listened to it, but uh, Elliot Friedman turned his 31 thoughts uh, little right up every week, which is unbelievable. Yeah. They turned it into a podcast, I think, with Jeff Merrick. The first episode was pretty good, whatever. They're just getting used to, you know, Elliot, I don't think he's ever podcast, so I'm expecting bigger things from it. But at the same time, um, they were talking about how if there's one team that's kind of throwing away their season, it's the Islanders because they refuse to make – they refuse to just say that their goaltending is absolutely absolutely hot fire, like just hot yeah. garbage. They're terrible. Um, and they're saying that they're maybe a team that could look at trading for Robin Lehner. I was just wondering what you guys thought about that, if that was something that were to materialize – 
I wouldn't be surprised, and I think it's something that should happen for both teams. I mean, you said it, their goalies suck, and Buffalo kind of sucks in front of Lehner. He's put up really good stats over the last couple of years with what I like Lehner. I think Lehner's really good. I think he's great, and my favorite part about Lehner is he's a nutcase, and you want goalies that <laughs> yeah. are freaking oh, nutcases. Yeah. So um, this guy hates to lose, and he's been losing like crazy lately, so he's probably the most pissed-off man in the world. So, Just uh, imagine the fire you'd get from moving from the shithole that is Buffalo to a playoff team in Brooklyn. I mean, that would be that would oh, be man, a, just, the guy would never let a goal in again. No, I don't Do you guys think, think Robin Lehner can win a cup. No, but I think that Robin Lehner has a better chance of winning you a Stanley Cup than Thomas Grace or Yaroslav Halak. Fair, Agreed. fair, like, like a much higher You have to ask yourself, um, but Lehner's Lehner's like if you're gonna give up pieces that are gonna help you, I think, but that's the thing, really get Lehner's a UFA at the end of the year, I'm pretty sure. So, I, I mean, I 100% agree they need to do something about their goaltending. I'm just hesitant if Robin Lehner's the answer. Yeah, but like, how how often can you just like find an outside like who is the starting answer? goalie? I yeah. get like who are yeah, you going to trade for? I don't know if there is one mid season, dude. I don't know. Andrew I think Hammond, that Lehner would be reasonably cheap because he's a free agent and probably the best available. Maybe Peter Mrazek. Exactly, Robin right? It's going to drive up his value. I think, dude. I think he's better than what they have. But at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to if it's worth it. Obviously, but yeah. yeah and Gareth Snow is not the greatest at making. No, that's the other either, thing. So. Especially goalie deals. It'll probably be like Josh Hosang for Robin Lehner, and that'll just be a Straight thing. Yeah. yeah. But, but anyways, that was Season 3, Episode 17 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Uh, if you weren't able to get in, excuse me, this week uh, to our exclusive di- uh, DraftKings contest, be sure to keep your eyes out uh, next Thursday morning. Uh, we are going to go back to that, doing it every single Thursday. We kind of fell off there towards the Christmas break, but who can blame us? So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I know I'm doing terribly tonight. Because, I mean, nobody scored goals yet. But anyways, enjoy uh, the rest of the week, into the weekend. We'll see you guys back here next Thursday. I'm Brock Segan, Dylan DeBerthew, Michael Beams, Bondi. Talk to you later. Peace. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.